Discover new mind and body hacks to thrive as a human today. The Institute for Aliveness is here to teach you all the things you never learned in school. From talking poop, sex, childhood trauma, emotional intelligence, psychedelics, and of course, fasting and food. This is a podcast that changes lives. Join your host, Dr. Andrea Page, as she travels seven continents to find the most captivating, impactful humans for you. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to welcome you to a new season of the podcast. This season, I bring you some of the most important embodied people in my life. From all over the world, people I've met along my journey, I thought, hey, why not share them with the world? Oh, I absolutely loved this episode with Grayson Kirby. She is definitely one of my major companions in this life. Grayson and I go back and forth inspiring one another, and you'll hear all about it in this episode. But this is essentially our catch-up where we kind of dive in deep to the reality of what's happening in life and how to show up through each step as a fully conscious, processing, evolving human. So this is definitely one not to miss. So many gems here. Oh my goodness, what a grand honor and pleasure always to connect with one of my favorite souls on earth, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is just a super casual, beloved conversation with Grace and Kirby uh, in this series. My intention is to expose you to the people that I keep close to me in, in my life, the people who I truly feel are walking the path of health beyond the body. It's this um, fierce honesty with who and what we are and how we're willing to interact with our own hero's journey through life. And um, yeah, so I don't think I'll say too much more otherwise to introduce you, Grayson, and and you're welcome to say whatever you'd like. And I'd like to also keep this super organic in that we were were talking on the phone 10 minutes ago uh, during this time that we were supposed to record a podcast and um, Grayson was just starting to speak. And I was like, are you sure you don't want to do the podcast now? (laughs) And it's just, it's too rich not to share. And so... Um, yeah, this exploration of evoking our humanity and our femininity and that process, like, what does that feel like? And I, I had started our conversation earlier in a very tender space, as Grayson put it. And, um, yeah, really doing some of the tomb raiding also, as Grayson put it, <laughs> of, of digging inside and like realizing some things that came up for me today in relationship um, of when I see something, like I go head on full force into doing the work because it's not about the relationship or the person or anything outside of me. It's coming up to come out and so that I can excavate. Um, yeah. The, the, the goodness of this human experience. And so I've been on and off calls all day with um, some of my, my friends that are, Space holders for my own journey in a really big way and um, each kind of work in <laughs> trauma healing or whatever other field that conveniently I get to have them as friends and I'll call when I need um, and and voila and then I, it's like I'm rewarded for all of my work by getting to talk to you Grayson so thank you for being here. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me and thank you for being in my life in this way and uh, yeah, it's such an honor to to sit with you and to walk beside you and to hear what's real and 
that for me is is the most incredible aspect that I am discovering in life is that we really can show up fully authentically exactly as who we are in every moment. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the power of it, right, is to not only be able to accept one another, but to be able to fully show up accepting ourselves when we're in those spaces that feel really sticky or shadowy and and to find that place of equanimity where we can say, ah, and this too is part of the human experience <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. even the places that feel uncomfortable. So I uh, first I witnessed you in, in this, yeah, this archetype of the Tomb Raider, this this raiding that you're doing and this uh, deep excavation work that it goes so far beyond just the physical body and, and goes into the emotional body and the astral body and, and so many other planes of self that uh, offers us the opportunity to, to shift our perspective and to have that fuller, broader experience of, of all that life entails. Uh, yeah, and the, the confluence of our journeys, because you have been that for me, you've been the one to really open the door to exploring when I shift uh, patterns within my physical body and notice patterns within my physical body uh, what changes and what what alchemizes and and so much for me in my journey has because I've been oriented this way has come uh, first and foremost through the emotional body and through the idea of memory and and what we hold on to and what we let go of so it's an honor to to meet you in those places where we're both exploring all of what it means to be ourselves mm, yes yes and where I cut you off before in our our personal conversation was mm-hmm. you were kind of taking me back through the past year of relationship of inviting in that mirror being held up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it showed up for me and it's fascinating to watch some of the patterns of where we move toward and where we move away from others. And um, yeah, it was about a year ago and you and I had just finished um, doing a fast together online mm-hmm. and um and I was coming to the point of of really finalizing what I felt like was the end of my edits for the memoir that I'm that I'm getting ready to put out into the world. And mm-hmm. and at that very moment, <laughs> relationship showed up to show me all the places that I that I didn't I wasn't ready to look at and yet was exactly what I needed to look at in order to be able to to really um, share with the world all of who I am and um yeah, and so it's amazing because I noticed how sometimes by moving into certain relationships and then looking back at it, we can say, oh, I shouldn't have done that or I should have known better. And yet the perfection of it um, is that it really allowed me to see parts of myself that that I needed to move through in order to grow more fully uh, in my ability to be able to share who I am and, and the lessons that I've learned. So. I I understand that mirror. And for me, yeah, it was a year of of really going into the shadows of self-doubt and uh, and questioning, you know, who am I to do this? Who am I to share my journey of the world with the world? You know, who wants to hear this? And to watch that coming up um, in relationship and hiding from it and then getting to a place of realizing that is that is who we are. That is what we're here to do. That's how we inspire others. Uh, mm. The journey that it takes to actually get there, you know, it's like wrought with all sorts of booby traps. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting over here like, how could you be so crazy? Who are you to hold that back? Because I read the book and it was <laughs> definitely one of my favorite books that I've ever read. And I know that I've read like edits a go, a go, a go. Mm. already two almost two years ago when I read it but like yeah I still have such a strong desire it just happened this morning with a girl <laughs> who's staying in the house I'm staying at I'm like I wish I could send Grayson's book to her <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah well thank you for that and soon you will be able to it's um yeah it's interesting as you you said that because it's um you know, it's all a process of discovery and, and becoming a writer is something that I've always dreamed of, but it's always been, you know, snippets of paper and journals that I've just filled up incessantly and um, learning the process of building a book, particularly one that is memoir, particularly one that holds other people's um, reflections within it is it's a really powerful thing and it comes with a lot of responsibility. And so I've learned a ton through the process of um not only writing it as my editor says when we write memoir we write out towards the reader out towards the world from our own heart and we have to just take our soul and and share it in an outward direction and then when we edit we actually have to do the hard work of of walking all the way around that circle and looking back at ourselves almost as if we are the mirror uh mm-hmm. of the reader and and seeing all the those places that we may not be ready to see and accepting ourselves for sometimes what is a very limited perspective. So, um, yeah, I've spent the last, the last year really going through and saying, okay, now from where I am, now that I'm actually doing the hard work of the book is called letting her go. And the hilarious part is that I finished the last sentence about, you know, I thought I had let her go really. (laughs) And, and I was just beginning that process. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been an incredible thing to go back through and, and to really look at it and be able to own all of my projections and, and say it from where I am now and be able to say, and yet that was a beautiful part of the journey as messy or as, uh, obsessive or whatever it was, however it was that I was judging myself and say, and I love that too, because that's a part of the process of being human. And so, um, Mm. Where, where does that leave us what else do we have to catch up on because we're gonna yeah. do it right here in public <laughs> I know let's why not um let's see you know I think the fascinating the fascinating thing is that sometimes when we invite in that total authenticity and and we're ready uh for that it's just amazing what blows open in our lives and all the ways that we are then both challenged and invited because the invitation is also, gosh, it's like the tomb reading, you know, where you know that you're getting ready to walk into something and it's going to be both exhilarating and have this feeling of, of, of danger because it's going to threaten that egoic sense of, of who we are. And, um, that definitely happened for me. And over, um, I guess the catch up is that, that it's really made me look at this idea of what is a hero? What is a heroine? Um, where and how are the ways that we put ourselves and other people or things that we see in other people on a pedestal and how hard it is to then accept that um, that they have feet of clay, that we have feet of clay, that that we are human, that there are aspects about ourselves that, um, that we can't always see. And that when we do do that work of excavation, and we do see it sometimes we have to face aspects that 
that feel really um, threatening to our sense of being. We have to uh, release these ideas of who we are over and over and over again. And so that's really, that's come up for me a lot in the last, um, gosh, the last little while. And um, particularly for me, there's been a lot and a lot of threads within the book around the idea of, of father and mother and what that means and the process of individuation and not only going through what we don't realize uh, we picked up as children because we all, you know, even if we're born to saints, there's something that we have to learn karmically, I believe, from the people and the family that we're born into. Uh, and I went through an amazing experience of after losing my father and working through that tragedy and what that meant and how that was buried within my subconscious to protect myself. Um, there was a man who came into my life and married my mother that I never dreamed I would call anyone father again. And he was definitely a huge hero of my book, of my story, of my life, who helped me then build this persona of, um, of a career woman, of someone who could travel the world uh, fearlessly and and build empires in in the design world and open doors that I never thought would be able to be opened. And in the process of coming to releasing this book, I then learned that uh, all that I thought he was was also a facade and that he too had feet of clay and that... Um, my relation, although my relationship was one that he was very much a professor and very much an incredible father figure, his relationship with my mother was completely different and that I had to face a lot of betrayal within our family. And it really then was a reflection, you know, one of those challenging mirrors for me of, okay, where have I been? How is this showing me uh, where I betrayed myself? And, and where am I scared or unwilling or clinging to past systems of being rather than going into this total unknown around, okay, I'm calling myself a writer. Like I'm really doing this. I'm not clinging to the design industry and the ways that I've known to make money and, and to have security. And, and I'm fully embracing this change and saying, I don't know how to publish a book. And yet I'm going through the process and I'm going to see where I'm led because I've been led synchronistically through this entire process. And um, yeah, so it's really, it's been beautiful because it's, um, it's challenged me to look at the ways that I use social media. It's challenged me to look at the ways that I'm building a business and to really align everything authentically with me so that there, there is no betrayal because I'm following someone else's prescription of how business is to be done that if it is something I want to hold sacred, then I have to create that from within. Um, so yeah, so what that's led me to is really establishing with transparency um, this idea of, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, and yet it'll be fun to bring everyone into it and to shed those layers of perfectionism of this is the way it has to be done or it has to be absolutely perfect before I, before I start sharing. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that's really, that's been the biggest thing in, in terms of not getting into story of exactly all that um, that relationship meant. It's the ways that it's moving me forward, I feel like, that are, that are important. Um, yeah, and so 
that's coming. And then the other thing that's coming as well, because I realized one of my biggest fears in all of this, perhaps it's, um, it's the Leo aspect of me, that is a little, um, a little cowardly lion ask that both, um, you know, has to put this out there into the world and at the same time is terrified too, because I'm so scared of um, the judgment and it's had me, you know, really face all of my own internal judgments. Um, but I don't want it to just be a story that is a story about me. I want it, I want somehow to be able to help and inspire others through this process of what I'm calling memory alchemy, um, clearing our emotional bodies and clearing, clearing our memories. And so I'm in the process now of creating a course that, um, that can unite some different modalities and be able to help others to do that deep excavation work and to create art from that which you know may be buried deep with inside you know inside of them and um, to come to that process of really the same way that, that you've taught me to cleanse and clear my physical body to help others to do that with their with their memories yeah so yeah. powerful. And I mean, it's all so closely interwoven with trauma work, which was one mm-hmm. of the first episodes on this podcast, this new series, um, this new season. And, and yeah, thanks for receiving me. It's um, it's also been amazing because part of the journey that you've witnessed within me, because when we first met, well, when we first met, it was in Bali um, four years ago, actually, this week, which is kind of funny. I just saw that. Um, wow. Yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> I just saw that. And that was, you know, all body focused. And then, and then when we reunited in Italy, and I was really shedding that um, that hyper shadow masculine uh, shell that I had created around myself in the in the world of business. Um, and and that was really the opening, the cracking open, and the shifting into a more feminine consciousness, or I should say, a feminine way of being that then holds and is allowing me to evolve that masculine aspect of myself to build a new structure. Um, and so this course for me is really, it's coming from that place of deep listening and, and the unknown and allowing my feeling body to be the navigator to say, um, to pull all of the different threads together that are out there in the galaxy of my conceptual body and mind. And, um, yeah, and then turn it into form. So it's very much in that in that conception phase, and we'll see what what evolves. But that's really what I'm working on right now. That's really where I am. Wow, I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, by chance, I'm one. I don't know if the listeners are hearing it or not, but I'm hearing echo. I'm wondering if you have headphones anywhere. Um. Let me, can we pause and I'll go see? Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. You know, let's, you, you go see and I'm going to talk to the audience for a little bit. Okay, great. <laughs> so I wonder if I'll still have the echo here, uh, but I want to, yeah, looks like we're good. I want to just tell you all about the amazing soul that Grayson is and, and um, kind of how her book found its way at the very beginning of my sudden return. Um, she had sent it to me uh, as one of the first 12 readers, I think, uh, to read it over in entirety and kind of get feedback. And so I was hugely honored at that. Um, there was a book where, uh, there was a chapter in the book where uh, it was when we were in Italy on, on the retreat that she mentioned. 
and um, the way that she powerfully brought that in, as well as through the entire book, uh, Grayson's own revealing of herself and, and really the, the conversation that she has with herself. And that's what memoir is. It's like a monologue of witnessing one's own self-growth. It not only completely... into that extreme then of like fully embracing my Venus and Aries and and celebrating it at every turn I could uh, I also was able to start to see the clear shadow sides mm -hmm. of it and every sign has shadow sides and grace and yours with Venus and Virgo would be perfection and mm -hmm. judgment mm -hmm. and OCD and all of these things that you've already <laughs> mentioned right those are your yep. ego karmas to, to wade through in this lifetime and for me very much as a woman and especially in relationship to men it was this persona that did it was the woman who didn't need a man mm. right? and this has come out of my mouth like as as haughty as it is I'm the rare variety of woman who doesn't need a man right and the, the line in Wonder Woman of uh men you know, are, are not necessary for pleasure. Men are not necessary for procreation, of course, needed, but otherwise not necessary um, when they're on the boat, you know, going out to sea. Mm. Um, but 
it's this very standoffish, very shielded, very pushing away shadow side of Venus and Aries and the Aries archetype in general. Anyone who has Aries progressively anywhere else in their chart, um, whether it's sun or rising or uh, Mars or Mercury, it, it will also show up there. It's it's like this guardedness. And so, Grayson, I don't think I've told you any of this, but last year mm. it was like this deep, deep, deep dive into self of like one thing after another of my shield coming down. And mm. um, like my, literally I went in April, I went running with um, a bunch of like 26 year old, super fit young guys in Cape Town up and down <laughs> these hills with a pair of shoes that were too small. They belonged to my friends. They were a size too small. And so, that like if anything is like that wonder woman it's me going and doing that and then what happened as a result my big toenails bruised beyond belief mm. and then my toenails proceeded to fall off <laughs> mm. over the next whatever months everyone at home is grossed out right now it's just my big toes but um <laughs> somehow I was able to like walk through that really gracefully and um the toenail underneath grew out fast enough that it was just a very short period of time where it was like noticeable or um disgusting as one would say but the process literally of the toenails coming off was painful and so symbolic it mm. was so symbolic of me being ready to put down the shields that I've held up against myself as a woman whether that's from being out of need of needing to really shield myself from a man who's interested in me, who I'm not interested in, or shield myself from um, giving people the wrong idea or shield myself from um, what, like whatever, whatever it was that, that I was trying to protect myself from. And this went through with, um, someone who's definitely a past life, long time life partner, and who I've only recently accepted more as like a teacher of the feminine for me. Mm. Um, he and I and and him kind of pushing my buttons and helping these shields to drop. And someone else that I met that um, was willing to like, or not only willing, but he was after pushing all the buttons and really going deep to, to find like my deep distrust of men. Mm. And like to the point where I had to admit all of this to myself and uh, that took, took me into the fall and <sighs> um, yeah like real self-work in in practicing how to differently show up and practicing how to be vulnerable mm. and and like not needing to prove myself as a woman which is Venus and Aries Wonder Woman to a man because that's not what he wants to see. He wants to see me receptive. The role of woman mm. is radiant and receptive. And like, I, I want to be also sensitive to the non-binary potentiality of gender. If indeed we can encompass all of it, fantastic. And in encompassing all of it, I think we should be flexible, flexitarian between the masculine and feminine. Mm. And so mm. knowing those two sides fully and for me, with Venus and Aries, which is a very strong fire sign that would normally be associated with masculine, having that as my femininity, it was always like, it didn't allow me to have that vulnerable soft side. And of course, in my career, when I was holding space for yoga teacher trainings or for retreats or whatever it was, like the shamanic moon and Scorpio in me 
would come out and there would be this great depth and it would excavate tears for sure, but it wasn't necessarily this vulnerable. It wasn't hugely vulnerable. It was more shamanic. And so, yeah, doing all of that work brought me to this year where I had certain kind of dedications to myself of how I wanted to um, let myself relate differently with men and do more exploration and actively seek out the mirrors, really, uh, even mm. in, in a short-term scenario. And, um, like, embody deep learning from each one in a rapid-fire way, as I do with the Mars and Sagittarius as the Lara Croft Tomb Raider. So that, that Tomb Raider <laughs> reference was not misplaced, right? That is Mars and Sagittarius. And so, um, yeah like fully allowing myself to learn the lessons as fast as I could. And that sped me up to April uh, mm. when I was in Brazil uh, with a friend who was super amazing enough to kind of shepherd me as we were hiking through this iconic national park, Chapada Diamantina. You have to, have to, have to go there someday. Go. I mean, the national park itself is bigger than many European countries. Um, and I want to go and just like be in a motorhome there for at least a month, if not more, because there's so much to see. And it's some of the most magical splendor to like pretty much untouched, um, and the most diverse landscapes, Chapada Diamantina, it's in Bahia. Anyway, so there we are hiking, um, like day in, day out. We, we, we're both rapid hikers and, um, it just so happened that my involvement in the psychedelic renaissance kicked up and uh, I've been pulled into that whirlpool for the past three years plus. And uh, it's, it's been set up recently and specifically there, I was kind of willing in a new way to uh, experiment with uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Mm. And so I had two very potent back-to-back mushroom trips whilst hiking um, that helped me excavate so much more even about myself as a woman. Um, Because, yeah, being a counselor, being a coach, being a teacher, being whatever you want to call it in this spiritual world, um, and doing the deep work of, of tomb raiding and, and inquiry, self-inquiry, induced self-inquiry for myself and for others. When I can have a substance that holds up the mirror in mm. an in a incredible, safe way, of course, with set and setting and huge intention around it as a ceremony, as you would say, Virgo, um, <laughs> like in that, the veil is lifted and all of my ego blocks where I cannot see myself are lifted. And then all I'm left with is being able to understand the situation from this quote unquote higher self point mm. of view where there's no, there's no block there. And so I become catapulted into doing incredibly efficient, effective self-work at a level unforeseen in my life. And so, yeah, those two days were huge. And the amount of um, things, for want of a better word, but like uh, 
limiting beliefs or stories or fears or whatever it is that I was able to clearly activate throughout such a short period of time because of the blessing of the mushrooms mm. was, was huge. And so on the second night, I went out and I bought myself a wedding ring and I married myself. Uh. <laughs> and mm. one of the biggest realizations around relationship and men was that nothing can be taken away from me. I've been defending with these shields the whole time because I thought there was something to defend. Mm. But I am fully here in and of myself. And the me, the feminine is so real that there's nothing that anyone else can steal or pillage or rob. (sighs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm wearing my green tourmaline wedding ring right now. Like, it's just, it's... Every day I wake up and I put it on and I'm present with myself. And from that place of wholeness, can I know, now go out into the world? And so, um, yeah, so mm. it's, a bit, it's a bit nascent still and early to say, but even uh, at the very end of last month, I actually met someone who, for the first time ever for me I was like I could spend the rest of my life with this person mm. and so it's it's like no surprise that that happened mm. <laughs> <laughs> right after we've done the work of wholeness and still like that might be my own self-delusion of the mind or it could be my futurist imperative seeing 10 years into the future what's going to happen like I'm mm. also being unattached in the now um, and not selling out to the white wedding dress fantasy story and, and just like showing up real every day and allowing every trigger to be mm. the, the triumph of the tomb raiding. Mm. Mm. So that's, that's my catch up on relationships. <laughs> uh, well, I, I hear you and I honor you in the way in which this, this Harris Gamos has shown itself revealed itself and the way also in which combining intention and the willingness to show up uh, beyond that space of of the mind of needing to process your way through it and inviting in that ceremony you were able to to reach this place where you could lay your weapons down and it could only come from the realization that oh I I didn't I, I, I was holding all these things up and and holding up this this idea of of I don't need, and it's not now coming from a place of that pushing away the need, but from this place of witnessing and seeing within yourself elements that you weren't allowing yourself to invite in. So how beautiful that 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 all came, and of course now it's showing up, you know, because you could come to that feeling within yourself. Now it can show up in in your your life out here, <laughs> your your movie of life. Mm. 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 holographic reality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. wow yeah. it's been it's been palpable to say the least I mean I have I'm in a major Venus return cycle and then mm-hmm. I've had for the past year since last June Chiron uh going back and forth over my Venus and Chiron mm-hmm. is the wounded healer mm-hmm. so it's very mm-hmm. much about the fight it's very much about like being with the wound and and allowing for the healing and so yeah Uh, uh, yeah wow living living fully alive right and so Mm -hmm. I mean 
I'm just wondering psychosomatically, like where that's going to show up or where that is showing up in my body and my life of having healed that femininity. Um, mm. Like when we have um, somehow wounded femininity or we're not allowing ourselves to express like on a psychosomatic level, is that when PCSD, P- PCOD comes? Is that when ovarian cancer comes? Is that when breast mm. cancer comes? You know? And what are you finding is showing up in your are there new patterns that are showing up in your daily life that either want to come through or different aspects that, that want to be revealed since, um, since that trip to Brazil? Uh, yeah. I mean, after that, uh, since then, well, I mean, right after I married myself, even there was a, I was intimate with a man in Brazil, um, in a very fun, fun, loving, playful, like very light way. Um, mm-hmm. and, I mean, it's Brazil, right? So Brazil is like sex kingdom. You know, sex is not held in your pants. It's worn on your jacket. And um, every little 16-year-old boy in the teeniest, tiniest little villages is a sex pistol. And so like that, that's very real. And so I got to interface even intimately and romantically in that way um, with this man who is very much the Brazilian James Franco. He looked exactly like him. And I was just like, <laughs> whoa. Um, but so what happened was that he was, uh, we were on this teeny little island off the coast and he was, uh, we met on the plane there sitting next to each other. And it was just very, very, very like meant to happen kind of thing. And mm-hmm. this was one, one week or so after I had married myself. And, um, I knew cause I had my, I had my, my, like that strong intention to have deep dive experiences where I allow myself to be triggered by whatever situation I'm going to have with whatever men every month of this year. And so this guy in, um, April was, uh, we, yeah, we're going to this island and he was staying with a friend, um, when he went there and so we were at his place and and we were you know having fun being intimate and then afterwards his friend comes in and takes off his clothes and is like in a cute way because it's a very playful guy who didn't speak a word of English and my portanol my broken Portuguese um it w- I was able to play with it whereas a prior version of Andy Venus and Aries would have 100% been offended mm. and like, how, how can this happen? Your friend just came, you know? And I just took the towel and put it over me and we did like a dance scene to like 1940s music play. <laughs> and it was just, and we were like using like hangers as props and it was like flirty and keeping it all light and allowing that, you know, the sexual nature of Brazil to be breathed through me rather than closing myself off to it. And that, like, that was the first experience that happened after that that was super powerful. The second was um, a man who last year I had had something with, um, but for whatever reason, it wasn't uh, able to come through. And yet the energy was so strong. And it was like, he came back around like a boomerang. And came to me, and uh, we were able to just like express that strong sexual urge or chemistry that was between us, and it was like that's all it wanted was to have it be expressed, and he was closed off to that before, or 
whether he knew it or not or mm. um and so like that got to go and then and then yeah then the end of june uh, meeting this individual who you know whether it happens or not it it's still just like huge for me to the next day after i met him be like i could spend the rest of my life with that person mm. and that's never anything that's ever come out of my mouth and anyone who knows me <laughs> anyone who knows my lectures on non-monogamy like and uh, yeah it just so that's been huge like that's what's happened since to answer your mm. question mm. Mm. yeah I hear all the ways you're exploring um, mm-hmm. by dropping the fierceness, being able to explore all these aspects of yourself and of what you desire and what you can desire and allow yourself to desire and play with, um, completely shifting. And also the magnetism, that aspect of it, of the boomerang that can come from when we, when we can really bask in that, that feminine aspect without, um, without having to go out there and, and get something, um, mm-hmm. that the, it can, it can, you know, magnetically come back around. Wow. Wow. Yeah, one of one of these close friends that um, that was here for me today earlier as I was like really trying to excavate even more uh, because it's a never ending process for whomever's listening. It's not like oh, <laughs> true. I'm healed. I'm gonna start an online <laughs> course because I've done this perfectly. Uh, and publish my books because I have my sister. It's like no, like if you're still embodied. <laughs> you've still got fucking karmas to sort out <laughs> and we all do. And that's the fun of being able mm-hmm. to be honest and present. And um, yeah, one of the friends that, that I was talking to actually just before we got on the call, um, she says radiate, right? Like that's that the other, mm-hmm. the other friend who's a male says um, receive and, and be vulnerable and fully prep yourself to receive. And she says radiate. Like just completely be so full in and with yourself mm. that that mm-hmm. radiates to the point of um, it can't help but be magically attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like what that means because I know I I'm always this is what I'm known for is is not letting things go esoteric at all. So for anyone listening who's like radiate, what the fuck? <laughs> Like that's valid, right? That's valid. And what I mean by that is um, almost what my cacao ceremony teacher Keith down in Guatemala would would do. He has a meditation called Go to Glow. I almost feel called to share it. Can I share it, Greg? We'll do the Glow to Go to Glow meditation. Yeah, I can't hear you, but I'm assuming that's a yes. So, is anyone? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. everyone closes yeah. their eyes and just starts to breathe and settle into where you are allow your jaw to relax allow your shoulders to relax allow your knees and your elbows to be heavy allow your face muscles to relax even if it releases like a really ugly expression on your face and of course notice your next inhale notice the belly move with the inhale and then think of something silly or funny and allow that little flirt of a curled upper lip cheek strengthening perhaps an awareness and aliveness in, in your chest. When you think of this funny thing or even think of nothing funny that makes it funny. And allow a smile to organically form on your face. Yes. And so with the smile on your face, allow it to grow and get bigger and bigger. And notice how the smile feels throughout your fascia, throughout the connective tissue, all through your body. Where else do you feel smile? 
Or else do you get a reverberation of smiles? And as it gets bigger and bigger so much that you're almost grinning like you're a lion, a super big smile, just like radiating the warmth of that smile. You've felt that before from and with people. Make it big now. Make it really, really, really big. And see if you can check back in with that leather in the chest, that warmth. And then with your breath, see if you can send that warmth outward around the body. And with each inhale, it's like you're recharging it, going to glow, uh, literally allowing yourself to glow so big, so hard. Big, big, big smile. Keep it there. That's where it stems from. The smile is the fuel for going to glow. Notice the mind asking why we're doing this or what we're doing. Send the mind on a mission to fully wrap itself in the doing. Smile even bigger. Radiate out even more. Feel that warmth. And sit back and relax into that warmth as you're smiling hugely and radiating out. This is love. Just stay in this if you'd like. And uh, Keith, my cacao teacher, um, recommends this for border control, customs, <laughs> when you're interfacing with authorities. <laughs> Any kind of tense situation, just bring the go to glow. And um, yeah, it will alleviate the tension. And to me, in a way, that's like that is the, the radiating that my friend was talking about. Like that being so full in and of your essence, being so married, betrothed to yourself, not in an egotistical way, but in a way where we are doing the excavation work and we're loving it. We're loving the collection of gems that come from the tomb raid. And that is what we can celebrate. And the celebration of life is a natural, a natural outcome of any kind of um, like death, little small death of the title of Grayson's book, Let Her Go. It's like, allow that part of you to die. All of those stories and these things that we had. And so, yeah, the life that, that follows death, radiating the gems that come as a gift of inheritance. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, how, how you doing? Oh, I'm so great. My cat came over and climbed in my lap right after that. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, it the works. experience, truly the experience of it, you know, it's something we could try to explain, but to actually experience it and to feel it um, is something so different. Yeah. Is yeah. your cat male or female? Two, I have two males. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. Let's see. It's already working. And it's cracking. <laughs> totally. It's gonna be a I great day. <laughs> oh God. Um. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much. There's so much more about relationship and and other themes and topics. And definitely the the letting go. Maybe this will spur something from you. But um, mm. part of this process as well of of kind of redefining my femininity and myself at large by virtue of that um, after leaving my career and kind of stepping into a world of newness and futurism and tech uh, and, and emotional intelligence consulting is that I kind of, 
excavated in a way all of the identities that I had taken mm. on, which were very radical extremist identities often defined by what I'm not mm. rather than what I am. And so, yeah, sure, nomadic, but more palpably, I'm an expat, right? I don't live in the United States. And that's a very important definition for me as an American who spent now almost most of um or at least half of my life, and, and definitely almost all of my adult life abroad, and how that shaped me and that definition, because I feel it it distinguishes the strong line that needs to be there. But does that mean, just because I'm an expat, does that mean that I can't live in the States? Mm. You know, and so like looking at that, or looking at the fact of like, oh, no, I don't live in any one place, I travel full time, you know, I don't pay rent. Or looking at the fact of like, I don't own a car. I don't normally drive cars. I drive motorbikes when I'm in Asia, you know? Or looking at all of these other things of like, Andy, you don't have a boyfriend. No, you're not going to have a boyfriend. You're not a boyfriend girl. After my last experiment in monogamy with my prior partner, um, which he and I actually had a beautiful reunion in the Tucson desert of Arizona in February. So that is a precursor to April as well, mm. um, where we were able to really work through kind of the final little bits and dots and, and come to, again to a place of tremendous love for one another. And I think that that healed, by virtue of healing that with him, it healed my relationship with monogamy oh. um, and or just relationship, committed relationship of any sort. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Huge shifts around relationship with self and the both the fluidity and the willingness just to look at and play with. Okay, what are the identities that I hold on to, and where are the places that I'm being invited to let go, and what are the new elements I'm being invited to explore, and to be kaleidoscopic in it, um, and to embrace all those mirrors. Wow. Yeah, I love how they're such similar journeys, you know, it's like we're all on this, this hero's journey. And so much of it is reflected through relationship. And when we actually, you know, take the time to put those lenses on and to see them all as opportunities for self-reflection, um, mm-hmm. the way that the, the way that the world just starts to shine and glow in totally different ways. You're like, wow, there's so much out there to explore. And it's all based in how we how we see it how we choose to experience it Mm. Mm. Uh, should Mm. we go anywhere past relationship or should we just talk about relationship what do you think (laughs) that's a great question well it's fascinating what you like what you just brought up and, and the areas of it too that that show up particularly around your venus and aries and it it it's um, you know, it got me thinking about the mirrors of relationship and what they've been showing me over these last, you know, months. And and so much has come. It's fascinating because my Venus is um, in Virgo. So the priestess aspect that has been that that side of me that I've been exploring and stepping more fully into and saying, OK, how does that one show up in the world? And the processing of what religion and ceremony and sacredness has been, what it is becoming and how I'm allowing it to infuse and just really shift my entire way of being. Um, Yeah, that's so much of what the last year has been for me. So it's fascinating that, you know, these cycles sort of can, can dictate on such a subtle level 
and yet shift our entire you know foundation of of who we know ourselves to be mm-hmm. so, yeah yeah do we have any words like words from the shifted not that there's not more shifting to be but like it's mm. scary to, to have to give up who we think we are to become who we're going to be like what are the words from the wise there what would you say yeah, it's definitely, well, it's terrifying. You know, it's like I keep finding myself sometimes on, it feels like, you know, on this this cliff and it's night, you know, and there's all these stars out and yet I'm I'm about to, to dive. And, and it's trusting that those wings are really there and that, it, and that what feels that that very thin line between terror and excitement is one that we can dance on uh, over and over and over again. And to keep coming back to, for me, it's a huge practice of continuing to come back to uh, that compassion for the self, for all all those places where sometimes when we see ourselves clinging or like, "Ah, I don't want to go, I don't want to jump or the places where we're like, I'm so excited to jump and we do. And then, you know, we step into something that's totally unknown. We're like, ah, you know, what, what did I do? Um, Yeah, to really dance with that. It's, it's such a practice, right? It's, it's another practice to cultivate being with those spaces inside of ourselves. And it, it's continually expansive. And at the same time, the surrender can feel so, it's an initiation, right? So you feel that, that, that terrifying sense of um, walking towards something that you know is going to shift you as you've known yourself forever. I told you that I'm rebranding the whole virtual juice cleanse as the initiation, right? No, that's amazing. <laughs> I love oh, it. I didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the vision for it is that uh, once I, you know, get a CEO in and like really get people to properly scale, that this will be something that will be a birthright experience akin to an ayahuasca ceremony or going yeah. to a Vipassana course, that this is something for awakening millennials you know, to introduce fasting into their life and, and more, more palpably self-reflection fasting, mm. right? The, the space for transformation uh, from the cellular and beyond. Mm. And yeah, so the initiation is, is the new branding, which should release by the end of the summer. Beautiful, beautiful. And it's so in alignment with, with everything we've been talking about because it is, it's that experiential initiation mm-hmm. that is, it's beyond something that can ever be described or, um, conceptually obtained it's it's a process that you go through yourself and to feel all those feelings that come up as you as you step through each each day each moment with that awareness of of how it's shifting you without even needing to know where it's leading mm-hmm. so yeah wow yeah um ah, there's so much there's so much <laughs> um Something that I feel like I want to share is um, that whatever work I've been doing to change how I am with women in relationship to men, there's also a certain essence of having held the bar so high for myself that I attract others uh, who are doing the same. And so over the past few months, just like these powerhouse women who uh, have integrated and matured so palpably in their own lives are showing up for me. And it's like this, this such clear, I see you kind of thing. Whereas before Mm. like that feminine archetype of, of, of female best friend was not something that I would maybe hold on to for too long. Like people would come and go 
as I would have more male best friends that remain mm. constant, um, which is very, it's very natural for the Venus and Aries archetype. But um, yeah, and, and also just making me reflect upon when you change, like the people in your life have to get to know you anew. Because if they're going to hold you to the past version of who you were and expect that out of you, then it's almost like they don't fit anymore. And so as we, as we mature and grow and go through the growing pains of growing and, and develop, it's like also we have to look at everyone else in our life and, um, you know, people will meet us. 1,000%. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's such a wonderful element to bring up because that is also a part of the initiation and of the letting go and the non-attachment to... Yeah, remaining true to yourself and trusting that others will either up-level and meet themselves in those places that you're revealing to them, just as you do for yourself and, and through relationship, or or fall away and, and trusting trusting in that, and that others will mm-hmm. continue to show up that, that are on that path of, of growth as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as deep and dark and as uncomfortable as the self-work is, whatever realm of variety it is, like you know, post Bali, I, so many hundreds of my clients would go back and stop drinking alcohol. And that Mm. would have tremendous repercussions either in their career life or in their marriage life, or in their circle of friends. And it's like, yeah, well, facing those repercussions is part of the process. And by virtue of that, knowing that you doing your own self-work in this way by literally cleaning out your life and cleaning out your psyche and all of your escape coping patterns and mechanisms, that that so strongly inspires every person around you, no matter Mm. how they react. And the stronger Mm. they react, actually, negatively, the more inspired they are secretly. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. That has completely been my experience with the book as well. because so much of what I was excavating was, was around the idea I, you know, spoke about father earlier, but also around mother and, Mm -hmm. um, the person that I was most terrified to share the copy of my book with was my own mom. And Mm -hmm. it has been tremendous in the mirror that it was of, of my growth process through, um, you know, my own lens for her to be able to see and to initiate her own process of growth within herself. And though there were times where I thought there's no way this is irreparable, you know, it's beyond, it's beyond saving. There was nothing to save. And what was actually happening was that it was, um, by her reading it and seeing these reflections, uh, always held with love was really instigating her own, renewal of herself as she's known herself and completely shifted and up-leveled our our relationship to uh, a place of authenticity that we've we've never had before and so that's the amazing part is that these surprises come you know it's never necessarily who you expect it to be from but in that willingness to say I am going to be unabashedly uh, authentic and true to my own process of, of growth and transformation that relationships miracles are possible in relationships truly yeah yes I mean that's like the mother part especially is so palpably true and authenticity and that was really my mission I think two years ago even before I went off grid I went home to visit my parents and I told them hey look um I'm not going to play the role 
that I've been playing for the past 30 years. Mm. I am going to show up and meet you as a human, as an adult, um, and daddy's little girl or mommy's best friend or whatever it is. Like I'm going to, for this two weeks that I'm home visiting you or one week or whatever it was, I'm going to do an experiment uh, where I'm going to consciously choose to show up in this way. And um, like, do you consent to this process? Are you aware of it? Can you accept this? Are you willing to work with me in this? And that they of course said yes. And that was, that was the door opening. That was the portal to me being able to do that work of essentially de-rolling. I mean, there's always father, son, daughter, mother, whatever it is, you came first, I came second. Mm. Like family constellations role, like to accept our role is powerful, but to play into the ways in which we are keeping ourselves small to still fit in the role is not serving our greater growth. Mm. And the only result is, is indeed authenticity. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even when the response is not that, <laughs> you know, even when the response mm-hmm. is, whoa, and, and they have to step back for a bit. Uh, you never know what that will what that will create and how it will come back around. Wow, I honor you for for being able to to go in and, and start that conversation. Yeah, it's an yeah. important one. And you as well for uh, for having your mom read the book and, and yeah. for yeah, going to that point of fear. It's always worse in our mind than it ever will be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So true. And, and, in that words to the wise kind of paragraph or whatever um, of people who are starting to do the work of, of letting go and, and fully kind of um, stepping into the next level, not the ultimate level, but the next level of whatever it wants to express through your human journey and your karma and your dharma. Um, I would say it's, it's very much about going, going towards the tears, going ah. into the fears um, and noticing the resistance. And the only thing required is awareness. Like I'm here actually with a friend and um, for the past two days, she's been having a, a rough time where um, things wanted to come up, but she it wasn't convenient for her or she didn't want to fully allow herself to feel everything. And so the result of that was that she was holding a lot of it in and it was painful for me to watch, but who am I to push her? Or, you know, I'm her friend, but not her therapist. And um, so to, to just kind of hold space for her to be there. And at one point, um, just asking a question of like, what do you feel right now? What are you experiencing right now? What are you, okay, that's what you're choosing. If she says, no, I actually don't want to do anything at all. Then I say, well, would you like me to just sit here and not say anything as I witness you and, and the self-betrayal that you're kind of describing? Um, the answer is I don't know and then and then finally like once it's ready like allowing the tears to come up and going and writing and allowing whatever it is that wants to come through to to come through and it's it's like our patience as well for our friends and loved ones and mothers or or (laughs) whomever it is it's Mm. like the seeds implanted Mm. And, Mm. and for those doing the work um knowing that the tears are telling and that's something that I've really learned a lot in the trauma work. Um, that was another little piece of my feminine discovery um, uh-huh. <laughs> with my friend Jen- Jennifer, who I've referenced a few times, and she was um, 
she'll be the first probably episode on this season's release. So hopefully everyone's already heard it, but um, the episode about trauma healing with Jennifer about like how much I've not really embraced trauma because it sounds like story to me and on the spiritual path of either bypassing or oneness or whatever it is of forgiveness um, of, of not giving trauma the weight that it needs to hold just by sheer velocity of the role that it's played in all of our lives. We all have childhood trauma. Um, and so kind of doing that work last fall of, of trying to dig deeper to my own familial patterns in relationship between my parents and my own relationship with my father and whatever it might be, um, where these things, like the reality of, of my situation is my, my father was a traveling salesman. And so when I was a baby, when I was a kid, he would leave, right? And I didn't understand daddy was leaving because he has to go make money for the family. I understood daddy doesn't love me, he's leaving or whatever it is. And so the way in which that elicited a need for seduction of men, of the man, of the, the eternal father, um, because of this childhood trauma that was unconscious until I did this work with Jennifer to, to allow it to surface um, and just realize that. And I think that that was probably a precursor, not even just saying it to you, it was a precursor to me being able to uh, fully marry myself and not mm. have that, not, not play that external game, but full on up level my internal game. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Allowing it to rise to the surface. And, you know, it was amazing even when you picked up the phone this morning and I, and I could hear, I could hear the residue of the tears. Right. And, and the way that your voice had shifted and the liberation that I just sensed within you of allowing that to come and, and to water, you know, to see our tears is like nothing more than rain sometimes and, and to water our soul rather than being something that we're, we're pushing so hard against having have happen. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. I love that tears as rain to water the soul. That's mm. <laughs> the poet in me. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> I, hear, I know. I love it. Bring it, baby. Bring that. Oh, my love, this has been so nourishing. As always, yeah. I wouldn't expect anything less. Oh, yes, I feel so saturated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, is, there, is there anything else that you wanted, would want to share to the audience or anything in general? Ah, uh, I bow to each of you and, and to all of us for... The willingness, you know, I feel so much of it is the willingness to show up and, and to say yes and to say yes to ourselves and all that this journey entails. And um, and thank you. Thank you, Andy, for for hosting this conversation and for for bringing it at this level. So uh, you're constantly one of those lighthouses that is that is saying to me, you know, beaming out to me and saying, look, I'm over here. I'm doing it, too. And, and it's just it's it's. Yeah, it's beautiful to be a part of that constellation. So, so much love for you. Yes, likewise, as you know, as I've said several times on this podcast. <laughs> and should we get everyone stoked for a release date for the book, or you want to say that? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, <laughs> follow along and we'll see where it goes. It's something I'm really yeah. sitting with, and you know, every morning, um, calling in and asking, you know, okay. 
where, and what is the next step? And that's really how this whole process has gone when I trust and when I release and in what the next step is. So yeah. Um, yeah. Follow along coming soon. Um, <laughs> and where can people things. find you if they want to, if they want to hear oh, more about question. you? Great question. My website is graysonelizabeth.com and I'm on Instagram as Grayson Kirby and, um, yeah, on Facebook, same. So yeah, come check it out. Yay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you, my love, for your time and your presence. Thank you. Eternally for being you authentically. Uh, Thank you. It goes both ways. I'm picturing you in the city of love and light right now and just uh, exploring in that that inner marriage, celebrating you. Thank you. All right. Over and out. I was listening to that for you. If you learned from or moved by the episode, pay it forward. Go to Apple now and leave a five-star review so others can benefit. Join the Institute for Aliveness for a one-week transformational fasting experience. Consider getting an astrology reading from Andy or enroll in the one-year health coach certification course. Whatever you do, don't let this learning pass you by. Do something now to impact your lifestyle for good. Here we are again.